Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. I am attorney Sean Bigley, and I'm here with my co-host, Lindy Kaiser of clearancejobs.com. We're talking this segment about side hustles and security clearances. And Lindy, I know this is a topic that's come up a number of times on clearance jobs. Do you feel like there's a lot of clearance holders out there who are looking for side hustles? Or do you think this is kind of a niche question? Oh, no. I mean, it's a super common question. I think the rise of remote work has in some ways made this even more prevalent. I think folks kind of realize that with that remote work option that maybe they have extra hours on the evenings or weekends and they're just staying connected and plugged in. And then they're just the interaction between you know personal and professional has gotten certainly a little bit more gray. And so we just tend to get more questions about, hey, maybe I have this hobby or interest. I really perfected my sourdough, you know, over COVID. And now I'm starting a bread business. Can I make money. I mean, no, that's the question I wish I got. The question we get all the time is about their OnlyFans account. And if they can have that while they have a security clearance, we tend to get the more controversial. And I think the way it comes up for us is there's certainly kind of options to have that side hustle. And I know you've written about that for clearance jobs. So folks should definitely check out your articles about that. But folks fail to realize that it is considered, you know, outside employment. And so in that vein, if you are generating money from a side hustle, then you have to report it to your security officer or company or agency. Yeah. You know, when I think about this topic, the thing that comes to mind first is, I don't know if you remember it, but a number of years ago, there was a case that was in the news where a couple of DEA agents in New York were being federally prosecuted for failing to report on their SF-86, their ownership and involvement in a, uh, as they were calling it, a quote unquote gentleman's club in the New York area that uh, allegedly was being used as a front for a, a number of different illegal activities. And the feds uh, were tipped off about that somehow and, and went after these guys. And, and, you know, obviously, I think the majority of clearance holders aren't looking to uh, purchase an ownership stake in, a, in an adult establishment. Nonetheless, the same rules apply, whether you're baking <laughs> sourdough bread or owning a strip club. And that is, you know, you really have to do your homework and be careful here. And you have to be fully transparent in what you're doing with the government. So, I think, you know, before we kind of get into the weeds a little bit more on the specifics here, one thing that we probably ought to acknowledge is there is a real difference and a real line between a true side hustle, something that you're doing after hours on weekends and something where you're doing it with overlapping time periods. And and I've, I've written about this as well, but, you know, we do get cases with surprising frequency, actually, where somebody has been caught basically manipulating their employer and telling their employer that they're working from nine to five for that employer. And they're actually telling a second employer that they're working the same hours for them. And usually when this comes up, the person is working remotely. They're sort of juggling, you know, both full-time jobs at the same time. And neither employer has any clue that that's happening until they do. And then it becomes a big problem. Um, And we get, you know, allegations of time card fraud that are being thrown around and 
uh, government, you know, contract fraud and all sorts of really unsavory things that uh, people, you know, really don't want to have to deal with. So that is not something that I would recommend anybody think about doing. But this is a little bit different. And, you know, whether we're talking about driving for Uber or opening a baking business or whatever it is that you're thinking about doing, if it's after hours and it's outside of work time, that's a good start. But it's not the end of the inquiry. And what I think a lot of people fail to think about is there is still the potential for a conflict of interest, whether perceived or actual. And there are some criminal, actually, uh, criminal laws that apply to this. You cannot, for example, be a federal employee and represent anybody before the federal government at the same time. And I don't just mean represent in the context of like being a lawyer or, you know, an agent or something like that. That has sometimes been construed to mean you can't work as a federal employee and simultaneously be moonlighting as a contractor for the federal government. So there's a lot of potential landmines here and you really need to be careful and probably talk to your ethics counsel at work, your ethics office before you do anything. But Assuming you've kind of cleared that initial hurdle of it's not time card fraud, it's not criminal, it's not a conflict of interest, that's all really good. And, you know, if you do talk to ethics folks, it's, I always recommend getting their advice in writing and, and keeping that in a safe place. But then, you know, there are other questions that arise. And, and Lindy, you kind of pointed out this broader issue here of, you know, the potential for conflicts and things like that. When folks are talking about side hustles, other than, you know, this hypothetical example that you mentioned of somebody baking, have you gotten a sense that there's a kind of a preferred or or a, a common side hustle that people are doing? Or does it kind of run the gamut? I mean, I think, you know, people have a wide range of things. I mean, the questions that come to clearance jobs, as I can imagine, Sean, the questions that come to your desk are are not really suitable for work questions sometimes about those forms of side hustles. Because I think people kind of know if you have, you know, if you're running a kind of an ancillary, like maybe you fix computers on the side, you know, and again, you're not you're fixing them for your neighbors or friends, or you have kind of this side business. I think folks maybe fail to realize somehow, like, you know, if you're generating money or an income stream from that, you know, it's probably something that you need to report or just make your employer aware of. But also, you know, what we get are some of the things that folks probably have not shared with their employer. And again, just the rise of being a content creator on the internet and having kind of this influencer market, you know, whether that's inappropriate for work or appropriate for work, I think sometimes people kind of have these online businesses in, in some sense where they are anonymous or not known. And that's where I see it being an issue because if you're kind of, if you're hiding something from anybody, even if you're hiding your true identity from your online community, the government really is, is concerned about blackmail and, you know, how foreign adversaries could use finding information about you and your personal life against you. So if you have any form of kind of side hustle that you have kept quiet or hidden, you know, that you would not want your employer to to know about, hence why you're asking clearance jobs or Sean Bigley about it, that's when it becomes an issue for the government. And it and it makes sense that it would. So for me, that's kind of the category of, of the side hustles that we see are, again, sometimes someone is running some kind of a private or illicit or somewhat controversial side hustle. And then that is certainly... If it's not something that your family, friends know about, then could certainly be a clearance issue. I was kind of hoping that that's where you were going to go because that's exactly what I was getting at. We we try to keep it PG here, obviously, but we get, you know, as I'm sure you can imagine, and and as I know you've seen on clearance jobs, some, some fairly wild stuff that comes across our desks 
there is this kind of pervasive issue, I guess, of people who, for whatever reason, I guess just the money, I, I don't know, maybe other interests, <laughs> I can only speculate, but are setting up these online OnlyFans accounts and other side hustles that would make their grandmother blush, uh, to say the least. And that is, as you point out, um, a huge potential blackmail issue if the government finds out about it. And you know, the first question they're going to ask is, who knows? And unless everybody in your life who's important to you knows about this, that is something that is going to be very difficult to overcome from a security perspective. And really the only way to overcome it is to tell everybody in your life and get affidavits from all those people saying, yes, they've told us that this is what they're doing. Um, and you know, if it's not illegal, if it's not a conflict of interest for the agency, if it's not creating some perception of impropriety or something like that, it, it may be that you know, it passes muster ultimately, even if it, you know, raises questions about your judgment, I wouldn't bank on it. And so I, I think, you know, my, my recommendation, my advice to anybody who is thinking about off the beaten path, a uh, side hustle, I guess, is to just think about that possible perception of it being a blackmail issue. And if there's any question there, then it's probably not something that you want to pursue. On the other hand, the other end of the spectrum, we've got, you know, very benign side hustles like somebody who wants to drive for Uber. That's fine. There are still potential issues with it. And regardless of what it is that you're doing, I always remind folks that you do have an obligation to report this income on your taxes. And I know that, you know, there's a temptation oftentimes to say, well, geez, you know, I'm selling stuff at the swap meet. I'm getting cash. Nobody's going to know. Invariably, that doesn't end well. And so, you know, keeping good records doing everything on the up and up, paying your taxes, that is something that is really important. Even if it's a small amount of money, if it looks like you're intentionally dodging your obligations, that can become a real security clearance issue. And then lastly, you know, even if all of these other conditions are met, the government still expects to know about it. Anytime you're filling out an SF-86 and you're doing a side hustle, you actually are expected to report that as self-employment. Whatever it is, you got to list it on there. And, you know, even if it's not the strip club in New York, it's still something that, you know, is required to be listed. And assuming it's all above board, it's not likely to be a problem. But that is something that often gets overlooked where, for whatever reason, people just don't think about it. They don't think, oh, gosh, you know, yeah, that counts as self-employment and then it doesn't get listed. Yeah, I know. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that is the other, even a legitimate side hustle that we see come up, that is the other primary way it comes up. And I see it in some of the Doha cases that maybe somebody had a small business that wasn't licensed properly where they weren't paying taxes. And that is where like the government is concerned about your ability to follow rules and especially its rules. So if your side hustle involves, you know, again, not getting the proper licenses or credentialing or, you know, following through with what's required in your, you know, maybe state or even local jurisdiction for the type of business that you have. So if you are launching a side hustle, it's worth doing some solid research into it ahead of time to make sure that you have all of those legal wickets checked. Because otherwise down the road, even if the side hustle from your past, it could come back to haunt you later if you were doing anything illegal in the course of that side business. Yeah, absolutely. And I will sort of just summarize my broad recommendations to, to folks who are thinking about this with very simple, very straightforward recommendation. And that is talk to somebody who knows what they're doing before you go down this road. Talk to a lawyer, talk to an accountant, talk to both. <laughs> 
because I cannot tell you how many times I have seen people well-intentioned thinking they were doing everything by the book and they get themselves into trouble if they don't have background as an entrepreneur, they don't realize how many regulations and, you know, things that they have to comply with, as you point out, business licensing, there's all sorts of, you know, additional tax complications that come into play. If you have employees, there's headaches there. I can attest firsthand as a business owner. I mean, there are a lot of things that you just don't think about until you're actually in it. And and there's a real steep learning curve. So, you know, what you don't know can potentially be a problem. And at the end of the day, unless that side hustle is doing well enough that, you know, it eclipses whatever income you're earning from your clear job, you got to keep your eyes on the prize. And remember, the clearance is important. So go seek out that professional advice. It is worth its weight in gold. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com.